Welcome back to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. A podcast all about one hero doing things like beating up werewolves. I'm one of your hosts, Connor. And I'm your other host, Ray. And uh, in this episode, we'll be looking um, with our classic run at The Defenders, Volume 1, Issue 50, uh, the final part of Where is Scorpio? Or who is Scorpio? Scorpio must die. And for our modern run, we'll be looking at part three of a Resurrection War, uh, which is titled Half Shadow. Uh, also with that, we've got a bit of news and, uh, yeah, just general chit-chat. So sit back, relax, and get your conchu on. Yes, welcome back to the second episode of uh, 2018. Coming mm-hmm. on down, seeing what Moon Knight's all about in the new year. We are... I think kicking things off pretty well. We've gotten a small news week, but a pretty exciting bit of news nonetheless. And we're in the lead up to uh, the next issue at the end of this month. And then next month kicks off um, the Damnation event. So we'll have two Mooney current runs to talk about. And I think Black Panther's like a month away as well. Oh, it's yeah. admittedly all going down, Ray. But yep. before we get to all that, how are you? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm good, Connor. Um, it's all, all excited. The second episode, uh, episode... 24 i think um so yeah very excited the second episode of the year um yeah just um looking looking forward to black panther yeah that's that's going to be upon us before we know it um and uh yeah yeah look look a, a bit of news here and there um but definitely with damnation uh coming just around the corner as well there should be a lot to talk about um yeah just been reading a lot of comics um I guess similar to to last week, Connor. What would you what would you say would be the pick of the bunch of your of your pile at the moment? Um, I am I admittedly uh, haven't quite uh, kept up with my reading this week, mm-hmm. um, so I will just take a quick sec to pull up what I've been reading. Ah, no worries. Um, but. Actually, I'll let you go ahead while I have a quick look. Apologies for that. Let's see what's yeah. going on. Yeah, Not no worries. Um, yeah, I had a... Well, actually, I haven't finished reading all the stuff as well. I've still got Bloodshot number five, Connor, which I know that you mentioned Ooh. last week. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm kind of like uh, saving that, I guess, is you know, um, one of the, the better ones to read. Uh, but uh, look, I read Old Man Hawkeye um, just a week past. I thought that was pretty oh, yeah. damn good. And uh, are you planning on getting it, Connor, or... or um I was never that big a fan of the original Old Man Logan series, so oh, how does it okay. sort of compare oh. to that in terms of my enjoyment for it, I suppose? Uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Look, look, I guess uh, it's no real big spoiler, and it's you know about half a week now, but I'm kind of a, a little giddy at the fact that um, spoilers, okay, anyone? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> just, just a bit happy to see Madrox, the multiple man, back again. Oh! Um, yeah, he's yeah, that's a, a good reason to pick it up. Yeah, he, it, well, he's a... He's a bad dude. He's kind of like similar to the Hulk, um, the Hulk gang. Uh, he's a bit of a, turned into oh. a bit of a hillbilly. The original Madrox apparently is missing. So it's uh, a, a whole gang of his dupes that are that are running around um, causing havoc. So, uh, yeah, that was that was pretty fun to, um, yeah, that was pretty fun to, to read last week. So I think that would be the pick, but I've still got, you know, I've still got Blood, Bloodshot um, and Daredevil, I think, to read. Um, yeah, how about you? Have you have you picked uh, one out of the bunch yet? I um we had a, a Jeff Lemire's Royal City last week. That was Ooh. pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, 
Starting's also the right word, but it's also a very somber series at the moment. Mm-hmm. Looking back at a week before the one of the main characters' lives was taken. Oh, uh, so it's okay. yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, I've got to get it's back such, onto it's that. such a gorgeous book. It's um yeah, Lemire, um, mm-hmm. drawn and coloured. Yeah, I love his colouring. Actually, his uh, his watercolours uh, are really really good. They add so much to it, and and he's got a bit of a simple um, little stylized. Um, way of drawing, but it, it's very much Lemire, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I actually picked up another one of his books, um, Trillium, is a graphic novel ah. he, uh, he put out. I haven't read it yet, so I'm pretty excited to crack into that as well. Okay, okay. Yeah, he's, um, oh, you can't go wrong with him. I, I'm, um, uh, I'm reading a bit, I'm still reading through his old man Logan, actually, with um, uh, oh, Sorrentino, cool. because I, w- I want to kind of get, kind of get prepped um, for Gideon Falls, I think, which one of our loonies um, uh, out there, Joel, he wrote a review, spoiler-free review, and he posted it up on our on our Facebook group, and it just sounds really cool. Uh, and I love Sorrentino's art. Um, it, it has a really gritty kind of, uh, I don't know, just a, almost apocalyptic, and I guess that might be because of Old Man Logan, but, yeah, it has this kind of dark feel to it, which, um, yeah, so Lemire's uh, yeah, still kicking it out of the park. Yeah, um, and speaking of Hawkeye too, we had the latest issue last week or the week before. That series is still probably like one of my two favorites at Marvel. Oh, it's just so much fun. It's such a good arc at the moment. It's so well paced when it comes to action and comedy, and mm. oh, I love it. If anyone's not reading that, it's just cream it's, the crop. Oh, it is. It's so good. It's uh, it's really kind of hit its groove, I think, and it's um, it, it's really yeah, it's it's great. It's, it's I'm always looking forward to read that reading that as well it's a shame that it is kind of ending but um i guess the reality is that all you know apart from your core books or marvel books will kind of have shortish runs but you know they'll also be replaced with a lot of good um good new titles coming out as well um i think kind of there was also uh, the talk of um ahmed doing uh exiles uh, that was released earlier this oh, week yes uh, that will be a ripper of a of a book as well. Um, oh god, there were other ones as well. That's just kind of oh Domino, yeah Domino by um, Gail Simone. That will be uh, that's be something I'll be, be looking forward to as well. Um, they haven't, I don't believe they've released the artist for that yet. But um, yeah, so I mean there are really really some good titles or interesting titles coming out of Marvel. Yeah, the new Runaways as well actually is mm. absolutely crazy good yeah yeah i had uh, i know i had to drop that unfortunately again the same deal with marvel i know there's the same deal with marvel though is like they release so many titles out there um you know you just you just can't um i think have them all and and i think it is good to just kind of maybe focus on the ones that you do really want but there are always a whole handful of them that you kind of go oh I would love to, you, you know, that kind of fall in that middle ground of um, of being really good books that you want to collect, but you know, being the tough choice to kind of let go of when you do your um, your regular culls, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it is hard to keep up, and we've all, and I think everyone's talked a lot about um, just sort of the general output of comics at the moment. Mm. Hopefully, seeing that wind down for the new year, but yeah. I think regardless, there's plenty of quality titles to pick up, even if 
Yeah. yeah. Sure, and, and the good thing as well, I mean, the other options and the good thing with Marvel is that you can either, you know, wait six months and then pick it up again, you know, via Marvel Unlimited, you know, so you don't have to kind of pay it, but you can still keep up with the, you know, albeit six months behind. Um, and also as well, like stuff like the Runaways are, you know, tying with the idea of, you know, well, I might just I might just wait for the trade and get the trade. Uh, and, and that kind of buys you a bit more time, if you know what I mean. So it's, it's not on your monthly kind of pull list. Um, so, you know, there are kind of a couple of ways around it, I guess. But, uh, yeah, yeah, such such is um, comic collecting, eh? Yeah. And, well, yeah, I suppose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's still a pretty great time. Like I said at the start, I'm just so so flipping excited for Damnation next month. I think things are really heating up well as we're heading into, as we're starting 2018. I think it's going to be a... A good year, not just for comics, but for Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah. And movies as well. We've got so much happening with that. All the TV shows. I know I've heard uh, great things about all the TV shows coming out. Runaways, mm. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, oh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Is, is, yeah, Gifted's going well as well. I think that's bad. I think I'm caught up, but I think they've started releasing more more episodes uh, again. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is still is still my fave. They had um, episode six, which... Uh, which was directed by um, Clark Gregg, aka Phil Coulson, uh, and that was a fun, oh. a f- yeah, fun show. Uh, that was really good. That's that's going really well. And being in outer space and in the future, it's uh, it's just a whole heap of fun. Uh, yeah, Runaways. I, I've still, you know, I've still got to catch up with them. Only up to like episode three or four, but um, yeah, that, that's going pretty well. I've heard other things saying that it's really slow and and they focus a lot on the on the parents, but. Um, yeah, but it, it still kind of got me interested. But that's kind of a slow burn for me. I'm not like, not like hankering to to um, watch every episode as soon as I can. Um, but yeah, yeah, and I believe it's been renewed actually for season two by Hulu just recently. Yay. Yeah, so that's that's great. Great to see. Good to see for Marvel um, as well. So they're doing well on the TV front. Mm. And well, I guess um, speaking of the TV front, I suppose mm-hmm. that really sort of covers our entire news this week. If we want to crack <laughs> onto that, yeah, sure, sure. Let's go into the news. Um, and there's not much at all. Um, uh, look on our notes, Connor. Let's um, let's just leave the first one um, for a while. We'll just mention that at the end. But um, take us away with points two and three. Yeah. Well, the um, the. Uh, Current, I guess, uh, in its season four at the moment of uh, the Avengers um, cartoon series on Disney XD, uh, has sort of its fourth season focused around this uh, Secret Wars Battle World sort of um, scenario within the season, which has uh, um, currently all of them facing off with mm-hmm. a bunch of a uh, bunch of each other, a bunch of other heroes, and uh, we see from a preview clip for episodes, um, was it eighteen? Mm-hmm. To 21, we have none other but uh, the sort of three big stars of the show, Captain America, Iron Man, and Black Widow facing down with Moon Knight. Yeah. In this this, uh, Egypt setting as he's running around on what looks to be a... I'd probably get it wrong if I called it a chimera. Oh, okay. Similar to a chimera. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Connor and I, we just recently watched... um, It's on... um marvel.com if you have a look just and we'll put the, sh- the link in uh, in our notes but uh if you, you follow the links uh there's a short uh, just about a minute long preview of um of i guess one of these episodes that that connor mentioned 18 to 21 and uh yeah yeah it shows our 
a Moon Knight on top of a, I guess it's a Chimera. He doesn't say much, Connor, which is a bit disappointing, as you mentioned. Yeah, um, sadly not, but I haven't, I haven't admittedly seen this show. I've only sort of heard yeah, me too. and seen bits of pieces. Mm. But um, what I can gather from this clip and what I've heard, the uh, voice actors they've gotten for all the other cast have been pretty stellar, so I'm excited yeah. to see a... a, a, a a really good voice actor come and yeah. hit a Moon Knight up, and we'd probably see a bit more of a, uh, let's say, faithful adaptation than the Ultimate Spider-Man one. Yeah, I was about to ask, um, do you reckon it'll be a, a dark, gravelly voice like the one in Ultimate Spider-Man, which we reviewed a couple of episodes ago, or or do you think it will be more... Um, how, do, how do we place him? We thought he would be more um, kind of softly spoken, I guess. Yeah, almost yeah. as if he'd have to, like, bail up his own voice for... Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Like while 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 he's in the costume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and also in this preview, um, we see Iron Man, which uh, great voicing. It sounds you know very similar to Robert Downey Jr. Uh, and uh, Captain America and Black Widow. And like yourself, Connor, I haven't haven't really been following this animated series. I watched um. I actually watched the first season. I think before it was the Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Um. I think before it went on good to Disney, yeah, show. it was really good. I, it kind of, I think it catered for, you know, both uh, adults and and kids, which is a hard thing to do. Uh, and then I kind of saw, I think once it went on to Disney XD, it kind of got a bit more, um, I guess, a bit more diluted, for my taste. You know, a, a bit more um, uh, children orientated. Uh, so I kind of dropped it a bit, but. Um, yeah, this this Secret Wars looks pretty good, and and if it's got Moon Knight there, I'll be at least watching four of these episodes. Yeah, so it appears um, all these episodes are dropping at the same time. Mm-hmm. On well, apparently today over in America at time of recording, okay. so we might even find a way to slot this in the next uh, week or two for covering. Oh, it appears to be um, good idea. He at least makes his first appearance in episode seventeen. Okay. And then I guess we'll have to check in the next episodes whether he's in them and whether, whether, I don't know where I was going with that weather, but regardless, we will yeah. definitely be covering that on the show. I am ridiculously excited to see who they've got for him. Yeah, no doubt. I reckon that, that's a great idea. It didn't occur to me until just until you mentioned it, Connor. It, it'd be great. It'd be right for, for reviewing. So um, the fact that they've been dropped uh, all today, so that's... Um, because uh, this podcast will come out a bit later, but it will be uh, Sunday the 14th of January. Uh, it will drop. Uh, yeah, and let's let's get it in there somehow, Connor. Um, it, it's uh, it's good to have a, a bit of variety on the show, you know, and, and we've only done the one TV show, which was which was pretty fun, I thought. Um, so, yeah, yeah, let's see more animated mooning. Yeah, and it's kind of it's great as well, you know. This is his second animated appearance. You know, things are once again ramping up with... Uh, with sort of his appearances in comics and TV shows, mm. maybe we are hitting the year of the Moon Knight. We might just uh, oh. see him popping up more and more places. You know, this is nothing but a good sign. Even the smallest of appearances make a make it n- known to us and make it known to Marvel that we want this character on screen. And oh, for sure, for sure. With um, announcements of the probably announcements of the Disney streaming service this year as well. Who knows what we'll be hearing about. Moon Knight, mm. whatever way. Well, actually, just um, 
further to that, Connor. I reckon since we're only in the second episode now as well, and look, and I can you imagine 2018 if something's announced? How about we do hmm, maybe a couple of predictions or something? And, and uh, so let's make a call now, <laughs> and uh, let, let's see at the end of the year if it if it comes true. Uh, I guess number one, Connor, do you think at least there'll be an announcement? Uh, what's your take on an announcement for Moon Knight, a live-action series? I'm not feeling series. I'm feeling appearance. Ooh. I will put out my prediction for just an appearance in a, okay. either an upcoming show or a Netflix show. That will be just as juicy, I reckon. You know, Can you imagine all the loonies out there and we're watching, I don't know, uh, season two of Luke Cage and, uh, yeah, and you see either... As we always mention, a Jake Lockley, or you see a spectacle somewhere, that would be pretty cool. Uh, okay, okay, that's Connor's. Uh, that's your prediction, I guess. Um, we'll we'll log that away. We'll come back in in about twelve months. Um, I reckon. Oh, okay, I'll 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 go the other the other route, and I'll say yeah, there will be an announcement um, for Moon Knight this year. I'd say by. November, <laughs> you know, we'll get it. We won't get it to late. So I'm giving myself, you know, ten months to to get this prediction right. But yeah, I reckon by before the end of the year, we'll, we'll hear some uh, some movement with an actual series. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think as well. Um, for comics, will be. I doubt. Um, Damnation will be the last time he appears in. Um, Ooh, yeah. another comic this year. I feel like he may just become a regular appearance in... I'll make it a, picture, uh, a, a prediction. He'll mm. become a regular appearance in something like a uh, a later Kate's Doctor Strange arc. Oh, yeah. Or we may even... Or I'm predicting another series, uh, yes. possibly like a team-up mini at the end of the year that's going to involve him, sort of like Spirits of Vengeance or oh. Occupy Avengers that he will appear in. Okay. Oh, how about, okay, and then a number three prediction, and again, added to that, Connor, prediction of Midnight Suns getting off the ground this, this year. I don't know. Oh, that, yeah. that might be pretty hard because I don't know how far ahead um, Marvel project themselves, but uh, why not? I, I'll predict this year um, we'll hopefully get, get at least an announcement for Midnight Suns. Then how's that then? So at least we'll get some confirmation because, look, the, the momentum is there. Um, Greg Smallwood is is on the case. Donny Cates seems pretty pretty um, keen on the idea. Uh, it depends on how Damnation goes uh, and it depends on all the other events that Marvel have lined up already, you know, albeit they, they had announced that they won't do any big, big, big events. Um, if Damnation kicks off, predict uh, we might get a Midnight Suns announcement this year. Lock it in, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I um, definitely agree. I think Damnation's picking up speed for the entire sort of street-level supernatural world, and I think Bemis has ma- uh, made sure Moon Knight has uh, kept a hot property and such a sort of innovating and changing property for people to use, and it just seems like he's really sort of being vied up for more appearances this year. So that's sort of mm. my big... Um, I don't know. Prediction. Yeah, um, I mean, it's kind of... Um 
the stars are kind of aligning. It seems to me. I mean, like Donny Cates, he's is starting to be the uh, the writer up on the you know on the rise. Uh, he's, he's starting to get a lot of um, uh, positive feedback about his writing, and he's relatively new as well. So, and, and you know, um, people have said as well that Marvel's kind of earmarking him as the next golden boy, which is a good or bad thing. You know, they might just um, stock him up full of full of projects and kind of burn him out. But um, he, he is touted as um, as the next next one to look out for at Marvel. So that's kind of working in his favour. There, there's been generally a um, a consistent buzz, I think, at least on the social media platforms for um, for uh, Midnight Suns. So uh, it seems to be in the public eye. Uh, I don't know. I might be living in a little bubble. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it seems to be going in the right direction. So, uh, And, of course, Greg Smallwood, you know, just um, just Stelly had a breakout year last year. Uh, he's got a couple of good projects coming up this year as well. Uh, so yeah, and he's doing the covers as well to Damnation, so uh, variant covers. So um, yep, yep, things could be on the horizon there. Mm. So uh, those are our predictions. We'll have to come back to ish, to uh, episode twenty four, the end of the year, and we'll uh, we'll have to see if we're correct or not. Exciting. <laughs> Exciting. Sorry, I was just um checking to see if we have any idea of Moon Knight's voice actor just yet. Oh, good, good idea. Yeah, yeah. Sadly not. Nothing oh, just no? yet. I suppose we'll hear in the next few days. It'll be pretty bad if, if he gets a bad one. I mean, you, you you wouldn't want him to stuff it up, would you? Like, I, I don't know how he can stuff it up with the voice. But someone, he has to have a, a, a level of intensity to him, I think. And a level of seriousness mm. to him. You can't make him a, a wise cracking, um, spidey, you know, slash um, Iron Fisty. Because Danny Rand's kind of kind of um, uh, funny, isn't he? Like witty. Yeah, he'll be in that um, arc as well with Moon Knight in the TV show. I just mm. read as well, so that's pretty cool. Oh, okay, Relates great. To what's happening a bit later, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wonder if he'll have the uh, the brown and uh, is it brown? The brown and uh, yellow tracksuit. Oh yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I kind of like that. Like, just because it's I don't know, it's different. It's a nice, nice color combo. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So that was a big news for the Moon Knight um, in the Moon Knight world. Uh, Marvel Avengers Secret Wars, the animated uh, series, four episode, episodes dropping on January fourteenth. Now, Connor, there was also just a a little. Oh, this is barely news, Connor. I don't know if you've read this article. I, I did a you know I trawled through the internet again, did a word search come up with Moon Knight. Uh, Moon Knight, uh, this one popped up for, I think, January 12th. Look, it's a it's an article on, basically, on The Punisher. What's next for Frank Castle on Marvel's The Punisher? And it, it basically, 99% of it is based on Netflix show, The Punisher, and how good it was, which it is. Uh, have you finished? Uh, you haven't finished watching it, have you, Connor? No. no. Oh, it's really just good. rubbish. <laughs> no, no, no. It doesn't matter. Take your time. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, but anyway, it's mostly on that. And it's, again, speculation as to what can happen now because uh, essentially Frank Castle's a non-super-powered super person and, and basically the show pulled off a really good drama, um, a superhero drama without there being any superpowers super or any you know bells or whistles. Uh, and they cited a few um, Punisher events, uh, and uh, basically they they mentioned uh, Marvel Marvel Knights, uh, 
um, and a uh, an event where the Punisher teams up with with Moon Knight, and um, they say, yeah, it would be great, wouldn't it, if if Moon Knight does team up with the Punisher on Netflix, which you know is stating the obvious to say the least, I think. Uh, but yeah, Connor, um, just a small article here with uh, I think with a brief mention of Moon Knight. Yeah, sadly, um. Yeah, nothing really to report from me here. You've sort of covered it no. well, and it's not really uh, enough really going on here for any great sort no, of th- discussion. But <laughs> no, um, no. It was me scraping the bottom, bottom I of like the barrel. The, I like what they talked about about... Oh, sorry. sorry. Oh, no, I was, I was just I was saying it was me scraping the bottom of the barrel here, trying to get some, some <laughs> Moon Knight news. But yeah, sorry, you are saying? I, I like what they talk about um, Punisher heading into like the war zone. They made mention of. I suppose that would be a pretty great place to introduce um, Moon Knight in the midst of an uh, midst of an all all uh, all out street war zone. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be great. Um, yeah, uh, there, there are many ways that you can actually tie uh, Frank's past, I guess, to Moon Knight, as we've discussed in previous episodes, and the um, you know waiting for the the release of the Punisher uh, with his military background. But, uh, yeah, there are, there are plenty of ways that you can. But also the fact that, you know, he's in New York and uh, we haven't, you know, we haven't met everyone in New York City there as well. So he could have just been doing his thing uh, as Stephen Grant, you know, um, in the more corporate sense. There might be a connection there between uh, Spectacore and, um, and Rand Enterprises as well. So, you know, a lot of good ways to tie it in. I like the, the fact here, just briefly, I guess, um, with the Punisher, with the potential of introducing the likes of Barracuda or Nikki Cavella, who are absolutely terrifying villains for the Punisher in the Punisher Max series, uh, if you get them on board, then uh, geez, it's gonna it's gonna ramp up the violence and the uh, graphic content to, to no ends. But uh, lovely, yeah. But uh, those two those two villains are definitely one to watch out for. If you thought Billy Russo was uh, was badass, then Barracuda and Cavella are, uh, are downright monsters. So, yeah. But other than that, as you say, Connor, nothing much at all with Moon Knight here. Um, yeah. So a pretty slim week for, for news. Um, but we do have the animated episodes coming out, which is um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty big news, admittedly. I'll happily take that. Yeah, me too. And I look forward to hopefully returning in the next couple of weeks with a review of that. Yeah, and I'll make sure I try and get a hold of it this week. Yeah, let's let's slot it in somewhere, and um, yeah, let's let's go for it. It does have bearded Tony Stark too, which um, <laughs> funnily enough, I didn't even know Moon Knight was in it. Rebecca sent me screen ca- uh, she had found of the uh, little teaser on um, on Twitter, but the twi- uh, Twitter page had managed to completely miss Moon Knight and all of them, and just ah. focused on bearded Tony Stark. So of course, I was in for a surprise looking at it just then, but uh, <laughs> it's a pretty great beard. 2020, 2018 seems to be the year for superhero beards, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I suppose yeah. Um, even um, Jake Lockley and Mark are taking it pretty gruff with their um, their stubble yeah, it, in the what? latest series as well. So you know what? 2018, year of the beards. Well, well, Full beard, tw- Moon Knight, end of the year. Well, <laughs> well, 2017 had a lot of beards as well. I remember we discussed um, you had your, your Punisher, John Bernthal. You had his hippie look. Yeah. Um, and uh, Iron Fist was all bearded. Uh, yeah, yeah, so a lot of beards all around. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, 2018 just, just keeps it rolling on. 
all right. Well, um, shall we? Anything else to to discuss, kind of news wise, or? Um, that's pretty much it. Sadly, I didn't really get to find much else. Um, like I said, I think these these next few weeks will be pretty review heavy as we head into mm-hmm. as we finish off um, this month and head into February. So yeah. You know, outside of probably more previews and hints for issues and uh, damnation to come, we probably will be pretty quiet, but yeah, who knows? We've been shocked before, but that's it for this week, sadly. <laughs> yeah, that's it for this week. Um, by the way, Connor, as well, uh, speaking of reviews, uh, how's, uh, have you been? Uh, have you dropped any um, any reviews lately? In, um... uh, I didn't last week, but I've got uh, two lined up this week, and uh, usually if you... Um, over a uh, big comic page on Twitter, they'll mm-hmm. usually um, post up when I put a put a little um, fantastic review out. I've got a weird Twitter handle with a Diddles MVP. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, get, one. get in there, loonies. Check it out. It should be good. I'll, uh, yeah, okay. Well, I'm gonna I'll check that out as well. Have a have a read. Um, yeah, cool. Well, uh, shall we yeah. now go over the moon? Right, we are at Over the Moon. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, comic book reviews where we do one classic run, which is a continuous, um, I guess, path of, of following Moon Knight's uh, appearances in comics chronologically, and a modern run, which is something that Connor and I um, we choose a, an arc, which you know is a bit of fun and something basically we just can't wait to review. So, um, two contrasting reviews, and um, this week we have it's it's a bit of a milestone issue, Connor. It's uh, issue number fifty for the Defenders, Volume One. Um, Scorpio, yep, fantastic fiftieth issue, mm. uh, which is pr- we're about thirty years late on celebrating that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that, so. that's right. Yeah, I know. Congratulations on fifty defenders. Congratulations. Congratulations on a, a massive 50 Defenders. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Better late than never. And um, for our modern review, we're continuing on. Um, it's a four-part arc. It's Resurrection War. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're up, we're up to part three. So um, also, Connor, we have a another guest narrator with us. Um, so, so cool. It's it's so good, Connor, that every time we, we manage to uh, grab... Uh, some of our fellow podcasters, or you know, in some cases, some loonies as well, who um who are willing to guest narrate for us. And this week we have none other than, oh, Connor, it's your doppelganger. It is Iron <laughs> Fist, Connor. <laughs> he is the host of the Immortal Iron Fist podcast, Sons of the Dragon. And um, yeah, we'll we'll give you the details uh in our spectacles segment for for him, but they're basically on Facebook and Twitter as well, and they have an awesome podcast which I've been uh, listening to for a while. And our fellow high priestess uh, Rebecca uh, also hosts that show as well from time to time. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. They go through Iron Fist, um, uh, basically similar to us, I guess. They go through past issues and they uh, and they also go through the current run as well and um, review them. So uh, yeah, so Connor, we have um, Connor. Connor, please make Connor. 
we have um yeah, he lives a whole two hours away from me too so oh does he you know oh what? right he does he's, he's a he's a brisbane lad oh i had no idea where he was located <laughs> i thought for some reason i yeah, thought I he leaked was... his address no oh, one no. please attack him <laughs> yeah. fangirl around him <laughs> um but yeah so we're, we're so um pleased and honored to have connor with us to um give us the bare bones so i guess we'll just throw it to to him to narrate Hello Loonies, my name is Connor McKenna, the host or one of the hosts from the immortal, keyword being immortal, Iron Fist podcast. And I'm here today to narrate these uh, few issues for you guys, so hopefully you enjoy my lovely, lovely voice. Defenders Volume 1, Issue 50, Scorpio Must Die. Released August 1977. Writer David Kraft, artist Keith Giffen with inks by Keith Giffen, Mark Royer, John Tarclioni, and Dave Cockrum. Colors Don Warfield. Letters Gaspar Saladino and John Costanza. Editor The One and Only Archie Goodwin. Having crashed through the roof of Scorpio's New Jersey hideout, Hulk stands enraged with the for- newly formed Zodiac crew in front of him. Already angered at having to chase Moon Knight, Valkyrie, and Hellcat across New York, as seen in the previous issue, and recognizing Scorpio from a previous tussle, the Hulk is ready to smash anything and everyone in his way. Scorpio introduces his newly created Zodiac members. There's Leo, a huge, dark figure with a flowing mane and ever sharp claws. Sagittarius, a nimble archer. Aquarius, a laid-back yet deadly opponent with a water cannon. Taurus, a stocky, thick-set man with retractable horns on his fists. Hmm. Gemini, a mysterious entity which can split in two. Cancer, an armoured gladiator with weapons to boot. Ares, a hunchbacked battering ram. And Libra, an intangible observer. All members stand before the Hulk and are all ready to take him down. What ensues is a non-stop battle as the Jade Giant launches himself at his enemies. The other defenders can't help but jump into the fray as well. Their intent is to save Jack Norris, but in order to do so, they will need to go through the Zodiac. Each defender pairs off against a Zodiac member. Hulk vs Ares, Moon Knight vs Taurus, Valkyrie vs Leo, and Hellcat vs Gemini. It's a battle royale as each team buys to gain the upper hand. As they continue to exchange blows, Jack Norris sees the Fury LMD quietly slip away. Norris calls out for him, but the Fury LMD tells him not to follow him as he tries to find Scorpio. Back at the battle, Ares manages to surprise the Hulk and he rams him from behind, sending the Hulk hurling through the wall into the Psyche River just outside the warehouse. Angrier than ever before, the Hulk leaps back and crashes into the hapless Taurus, much to Moon Knight's delight. Elsewhere, Nighthawk, having gained more strength with the onset of Twilight, slowly resists the chains which bind him, and with his newfound strength manages to finally free himself from his shackles. Scorpio, having not having realized not all the Zodiac members seem present, returns to the Zodiac Chamber and finds Pisces near dead, the product of a premature activation. Concerns are raised even more when Scorpio frantically searches for Virgo, the only female member of the Zodiac, and whom Scorpio had honed to Gabe as a life companion. He finds her stillborn in the Zodiac chamber, and it is too much for Scorpio to bear. 
Meanwhile, the Defenders and the Zodiac continue to tear Scorpio's warehouse apart, and just as Ares is about to surprise the Hulk again, Nighthawk swoops in and intercepts him. With renewed vigour, and with the superheroes finally acting as a team, the Defenders stand galvanised and ready to end it once and for all. Surprisingly, it's a little help from Gemini which finally tips the scales. The dual identity villain has a change of heart after speaking with Libra, who still hasn't lifted a finger but watches the battle intently, assists in containing Leo from Hellcat, and after this small victory it doesn't take long for the rest of the defenders to defeat the remaining members, again showing how effective teamwork can be. With the threat now over, the only remaining thing left is to bring Scorpio in. In another room, away from the battle, Scorpio is found by the Fury LMD. He is sitting in the dark, listening to sad, melancholic music. Still broken at having discovered his love, Virgo killed, Scorpio now starts to entertain dark thoughts. He pleads to the Fury LMD to give him his gun, and being an LMD, Fury does so, as all LMDs do not have free will against their masters. As Moon Knight and Jack Norris race across the warehouse, they hear a single gunshot and head towards the noise. They find the Fury LMD sitting silently next to the dead body of Scorpio. Yes, thank you, Connor, from the Immortal Iron Fist podcast, Sons of the Dragons, narrating Defenders issue 50. Thank you so much, Connor. And uh, I probably should have uh, put in uh, a little bit more somber music there towards the end um, to to herald the, the death of Scorpio there, but um, I just couldn't resist the 70s funk. Um, so, uh, yeah, thank you, Connor. It was uh, what, a, what a cool um, reading for for this issue and um and our moon knight connor our high priest connor uh what are your (laughs) what are your first impressions of of this issue 50 (laughs) this was a it had some good action but it was a fair to say rather anticlimactic and fairly worthless as a story (laughs) i have to admit i um (laughs) I'm not sitting on the positive side of the fence of this one. This was a messy issue in uh, just about every way, with the uh, an ending that would uh, that would have been sadder if held with more gravitas and the weight the rest of the series holds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, look. look I, I agree with you about the um, I guess the uh, the beats and all and, and the ending. But I actually, in contrast, I, I really enjoyed this. Um, I thought um, I thought it was just a lot of uh, just a lot of silly fun. Uh, and uh, you know, I mean, I love my um, I love my fight scenes. So the majority of this issue was just down and out fighting, which I thought was pretty cool. And, and it kind of, I think it um, appealed to my my uh, my childhood uh, love of uh, you know pairing off. So the heroes were paired off with particular particular villains. Um, and so yeah, you kind of get a. a a matchup between them, which I think is pretty cool. And also as well, um, I found the Zodiac, the introduction of the Zodiac character is pretty cool as well. Uh, you, you know, you can actually connect it you know, as a reader with yourself because each of them are, are a star sign, um, which actually kind of, what, what star sign are you? Um, I'm Libra. You're a Libra. Ah, so you're the intangible one. You were the, uh, the cloaked, yeah, almost. I say? Cool dude. He was definitely the best one. 
Oh, and oh, very much a Moonlight esque look to him. <laughs> so, yeah, good. yeah, yeah, which is pretty cool. I, I was, uh, well, I am an Aquarius, so I've got the. Uh, basically, he did nothing in the issue, but um, but it was a uh, yeah. So I, I found it, um, I think, a lot more enjoyable than I thought I would have enjoyed it. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, before I guess we. You know, before we start talking about the whole story, um, let's dive right into it, Connor. We've got um, as uh, listeners, um, sorry, we go through the story. We we point out four main aspects of the um, the story. Uh, we'll discuss that, and then we'll follow that with a, a Crescent Art rating out of five. Um, Connor, do you want to go first, or uh, yeah? Um, I think we'll kick off with the most important piece of this issue. Mm-hmm. Never forget the beer. <laughs> yes. Whether it be a uh, Fury bringing uh, LMD Fury bring Scorpio a beer in his final moments to calm his nerves, or <laughs> yeah. um, I forget which ones are the star signs hanging around doing nothing, drinking beer. Yeah, that was Aquarius. It's yeah, it's all here. <laughs> it's crazy. Isn't it? I wonder if David. I wonder if this is a thing with David Kraft, the writer, or if it was uh, more of the zeitgeist, a thing of the times, where you know you have a problem. Uh, you have a break. What do you do? Let's crack open a beer. Oh, I don't know, but yeah, I found that was weird, wasn't it? It it popped up, and it wasn't only in this issue; it was in the the previous issues as well. Where I remember Zodiac tosses Moon Knight a beer when he traps him in that um in that little pit. Yeah. Oh, jeez, it's like beers all around. What's going on? The only thing missing here, Connor, is a is a plug. They should have had like Budweiser or something, you know, to <laughs> get a sponsor. I wasn't even sure you could get away with beer with the Comics Code of Authority. Well, that's but true. Yeah, it's all here. Well, it's in in all its glory. I think um, it might have been the year before they enforced it. So maybe David Kraft decided, okay, hell, let's just throw as much beer as we can in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but there there was a lot of beer in here. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, uh, Moon Knight didn't have any. It's um. Yeah, but uh, nothing like having a beer before you before you top yourself as well, which is which is. I thought I shouldn't be, um, you know, joking about that, but um, uh, I mean, as you say, Connor, as well, it, there was a bit of an unevenness in in the writing here, um, and a lot of it, I think, is because it is a uh, nineteen seventy seven comic. I don't know, death wasn't really seen. Uh, death was taken lightly, wasn't it? Yeah, and I suppose that even was a, a a thing of the comics code of authority. You know, you can't really show it, or mm. you didn't have the sort of um, handle on it you could before. So it really did have to be a a sort of a, a skimp in the skimp yeah. in the ocean. Yeah, I mean, uh, anyway, it definitely is a comic of of its time. Um, but yeah, so the the beer, uh, the beer was everywhere. Um, look, one of my one of my aspects was uh, basically, and you see it from the very first page. Uh, we get to see the Hulk in action, and we got a bit of it last issue with the Hulk taking on the Defenders and Moon Knight as they try and kind of coax him towards the warehouse. But uh, I found here this this was the payoff to me, Connor. I think this is where, and this is why I think I like the the issue. Um, you know, it, it kind of teased that the Hulk is ready to fight, you know, and at the last page of issue 49, we get him facing the Zodiac, and then we get a mountain of, of action here, right? So it opens up with Hulk's um, angry face, and you've got to hand it to the artist, Keith uh, Giffen. There's a lot of detail, actually, um, in the fight. You see him crashing through the machinery and the walls and uh, taking on, uh, 
you know, um, was it Taurus and, and Cancer and Aries, and there's just like um, debris just everywhere. Uh, but yeah, the Hulk rips into them, and it's not long before the Defenders rip into them as well. So they they all try to um, fight off these new characters, the Zodiac characters, um, all the while trying to find Jack Norris. But uh, yeah, what, what did you think of the action, Connor? Uh, actually, I was um, you got to my best part about the the Hulk. You know, I think um, mm-hmm. the writer whose name I forget. Oh, um, David David Croft. He's definitely sort of given a. Uh, uh, David Kraft definitely sort of gives a nice um, sort of comedic tone for everyone which sort of works with Hulk in this uh, this crazy setting his um, his uh, speech style and his uh, his um, stupidness was uh, was you're right was a really quite fun part of this I agree that um, it's definitely where the art sort of picked up the most you know sometimes Mm -hmm. it could be messy Keith Giffen hadn't developed the style you'd see later in like Justice League or whatever, but okay. seeing all the destruction happen and the yeah. these big spreads of pulling pulling the roof down and all that and all the rubble were uh, were pretty great. They were easily mm. the best parts here. Well, I think maybe um, just I'm assuming they may have because it's a big fiftieth issue. They may have given them more time. I, I don't know. For, for me, it seems like Keith Giffen's art here is a lot more detailed than it was in previous issues. Uh, so I think, oh, yeah, the detail, definitely. Yeah, so there was a real concerted effort, I think, of, you know, this is a big milestone issue, let's let's make it good and let's make it grand. So you have this huge fight um, and you have the Hulk is one of the, you know, one of the most popular characters in Marvel uh, and he kind of uh, heads this fight and, yeah, and the art is really, um, really detailed here. Like uh, even when, say, Kyle Richmond, Nighthawk, smashes out of his shackles, uh, a lot of debris happening there. It's on page ten, uh, and just consistently with the Hulk when he when he fights um, everyone from uh, from Leo to um, to Taurus again. Uh, I, I do like the little. Um, there's a little funny thing here with with Taurus, and he's got the weirdest thing. Uh, Connor from Iron Fist, the Iron Fist podcast. Uh, he gave a little. Uh, I don't know. Uh, a little wink to it when he narrated about Taurus and having the horns on his wrists. Uh, a very strange design for a character, but he's almost the butt of the jokes here, Connor, because I think he, cons- if you watch the, if you read the, sorry, the comic, he consistently gets beaten up. And every time he kind of finally regathers, uh, you know, his balance or, you know, comes to his senses, he gets beaten up again. So I like, I like the little humorous touch there from, um, from David Kraft, you know, using him as a bit of a, a bit of a um, punching bag, uh, but I also like as well the, uh, the there's a little bit of a rivalry here between the Hulk and Ares, like the um, the Hunchback Goat, who who gets the better of the Hulk first and uh, manages to ram him and uh, send him flying into into the river, uh, but the Hulk you know will never be beaten, so he jumps back up and he tries to take on um, Ares again. Um, so yeah, I'll, there's a lot of nice little little things happening. Um, with the fights, and I guess because there are so many characters, you can do that. Um, although you do miss out on a lot of other characters, like you hardly see, you know, Hellcat, and uh, Aquarius ends up not doing anything, you, you know. So, uh, yeah, maybe maybe a little too many characters. Yeah, and I, I suppose that'll actually lead on to um my um next point, which um I was talking about the defenders, mm-hmm. the cool team, um. And I suppose uh, the co- I want to cover the um, the Zodiac as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, 
we see at the end of the book, there's like a little preview for the next issue, and there's just so many characters on the Defenders lining up the yeah. the page. But I think this core team of having like five really sort of worked here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that think, was, um, that was I think that was definitely sort of the standout. Uh, seeing them all having bouts in their own action, whether it be cluttered or not, and just sort of mm. seeing the coming at it. And of course, it's not the most series of depictions with craft, just him sort of having fun. Yeah. We're sort of the extras of the Marvel universe, but you know, that's definitely, that, that's definitely the part. And it's, um, I suppose what sort of sucked as well. And why I definitely felt this issue was very anticlimactic to this entire arc was just how quickly we had the Zodiac appear and disappear when you were right. They were pretty fun mm-hmm. and they all had such distinct personalities that just left like nothing. And then, yeah. you know, there was sort of no, reward or payoff for it in the end when we see the the villain not even get beat we just see a character introduced in this issue die and him become so affected with it he sort of takes his life and it's just like if it had been a bit longer i would have liked to see that part explored but i think for the five core defenders this was it was pretty fun i think i find the i find the line where moon knight's like I'm a temporary agent, but if yeah. I was to join any team, it'd be this one. <laughs> I know. Whoa. I know. It's, it's, it's a pretty funny way to <laughs> be pretty thinking. Yeah. I like it. I, I like this team of five with the cool double page spread in the rubble once again. Yeah. Giffen sort of giving everything he's got to drawing the characters and their outfits. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That This this is that, that double page spread that you're talking about. I've been staring at while you were making the point about the defenders it, it is it is really good I, um hats off to to, to given for, for drawing it it's great and yeah this five they work well uh together and, and moon knight's uh comment it's such a kind of i don't know like a juvenile comment but um but uh you know it will it would you think craft writes that because it would kind of um connect with with a lot of the younger readers as well like yeah it'd be cool to be on a superhero team and uh yeah kind of we use moon knight as our uh, avatar kind of so to speak but uh yeah yeah the um yeah the defenders are, are great and they do have a, a massive cast i actually i loved um i love the original defenders as well connor they were so powerful like was it um hulk uh dr strange silver surfer namor submariner um have you read any of the, those um, those Defenders stories? I yeah no not really. I've only read um a lot later Defenders like mm. post two thousands. What became of the team then? Sort of thing. Yeah, I mean of course now as well with the uh, the greater exposure of Netflix, we have the Defenders iteration of of Daredevil, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and Jessica Jones. So they definitely have come a long way from, um, you know, from your Silver Surfers and your Doctor Strangers through to your, to your Nighthawks and uh, and even your temporary Moon Knight in there. Um, but yeah, they are they are a pretty cool team, and they're a nice. Um, I think they're a nice foil to the, the more grandiose Avengers. You know, um, uh, they have a pretty cool roster too. Yeah, and. I just kind of loved how they... I do always, like, sort of bring them up as the extras here, but I do love that as as that sort of a team, just getting to do whatever you want, just because you have such a wide pool to... Yeah. That aren't the Avengers, the main book. It's a it's a nice little draw. Yeah. And I am kind of interested to see what else came out of the Defenders. Follow it up, keep going. Yeah, well... Does, um... Sorry? Sorry? You I, go on? I was about to say, yeah, I, I'm pretty keen to... Because I saw um the Epic Collections. They've released the Defenders Epic Collections, but that was the... uh. The uh, the original team um, and uh, yeah I've got a um, I'm pretty 
I don't know, I do like Namor the Submariner uh, as a character, so I'd be pretty keen to see the older um, version of the Defenders, I think. But, uh, sorry, but you, you were about to say? Um, I was going... Uh, yeah, uh, does Moon Knight stay with this team after this? I don't think so. No, I think that's it. I think he kind of comes oh. in and, and, he, and he just flutters away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, from the the list that I have of, of Moon Knight appearances, he, he's not in um, he's not in issue fifty one. I'm pretty sure. No, oh, that sucks. Yeah, it seemed like he was going to be a longer part of it, but not gone no. with the wind. Gone with the wind. Yep, that's it. That's the last uh, appearance in the Defenders uh, comic for Moon Knight. So, um, you know, he had his use, and they got rid of him. <laughs> Ter- <laughs> terrible. <laughs> yeah. So, um. Also, I mean, I guess, as you were saying, Connor, um, so your, your aspect was the Defenders, uh, and actually one of my aspects was the introduction of the Zodiac, um, which you mentioned were introduced all too quickly and disappeared all too quickly as well. I mean, even Virgo, she only got like one panel, didn't she? And I totally agree with you as well. I think that could have easily... Like this could have easily, this whole story could have easily been drawn out a bit more um, to get a bit more background on the Zodiac uh, because they were based. This is the first time we basically see them, uh, and you know there's been a big build up. This is part three as well, so we hadn't seen them except for Scorpio um, in the previous parts, and this is the first time we see them. And then they then they're defeated. Now, thankfully, I think later um, in the Marvel canon and history, the Zodiac you know come and go. Um, in different different guises, but um, yeah, they they kind of wrap up pretty quickly in this. Um, and I guess what I want to say about the introduction to the Zodiac characters was that it harks again back to to my youth, where um, I don't know, Connor. I got this sense of I don't. Did you ever do it? Like when you were little, um, I remember doing drawing drawing little booklets and trying to make up you know your own characters. And trying to find out, you know, special powers for them. Did you ever do that, or? Uh, in a way, I think I was definitely more the um action figure sort of type. You get an mm-hmm. action figure of each one, just sort of pin them up together, get them yeah. punching up, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I think the beauty of um of this and and what I like about the Zodiac characters uh, is that I think, as I mentioned before as well, you can actually identify with them as well. Like, you know, you can say, okay, look, I'm an Aquarius. Um, oh yeah, so that's <laughs> that will be, um, you know, my my dude there at Aquarius guy, and, and like yourself with the Libra, you know, you can say, oh, well, uh, I'm a Libra person, and and this is um, the person associated with my star sign. So I, I kind of like that um, aspect of the of the zodiac characters, and um, yeah, since there are a whole lot of them, and they all have kind of differing powers, we we, we get to see um, an, an array of them. Like obviously, Aries the goat. Is um, ramming them all all the time. Uh, Gemini's got the two split minds, and, and Gemini ends up actually having a greater role in um, going against the Zodiacs at the end. Uh, and uh, you know, you got your Leo, which is more of a like a Wolverine type character. So yeah, I, I think the um, Zodiac characters are pretty a pretty cool, a pretty cool aspect of this uh, of this uh, issue. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I don't just definitely wanna sort of push that point again of I wish they were here longer because I did love all their personalities, you know, they're real sort of, you know, hyperbolic and just sort yeah. of, you know, the one character trait pushed to the max so quickly in this issue, but it was really 
just a whole lot of fun to see. Yeah, it would be interesting to see um, when they do pop up next because, they, you know, they're not gone for good and like in any good Marvel character, uh, no one really truly ever dies. Um, but it'd be interesting to see if they do return. Uh, I know a lot of them got retconned later on, so uh, you know, maybe the designs weren't that when that good, i.e. like that Taurus guy with the horns on his wrists. Um, but, all, <laughs> but also, like you know, Pisces. Um, that was a shame we didn't get to see him. He kind of died shortly after coming out of the Zodiac Chamber. Uh, and, and there just seemed to be a lot more to, to Libra, you know, being this kind of um, spectre, as you, as you will, um, just kind of observing the whole thing and, and not being truly kind of evil, um, being more kind of on the fence. Uh, so, yeah, quite an interesting um these characters, although short-lived, as you say. Shortly lived. Yeah. Um, have I said my last point? I'm just re-pulling up the... Uh, yeah, the the Defenders? Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. So that, uh... I guess that just leads us to our uh, final Crescent Art ratings. Mm. Unless there's any notes you want to bring up? Um, just... Oh, just off the top of my head, I think just, um... One of the notes would obviously be kind of towards the end uh, with Scorpio playing the, the, the vinyl record and kind of lamenting the loss of Virgo, which, which is kind of the, um, the tipping point for him and, and, and what causes him to um, decide to basically end his life. Uh, what we get is actually quite a tragic figure. He's a, quite a lonely guy. The whole reason why he created the Zodiac Chamber was not to build this army to um, control the world, but... But more so, I think, because he he didn't he couldn't relate to anyone, which is was pretty sad. And so anyway, he had high hopes for Virgo, um, almost kind of like like Bride of Frankenstein. Um, he he kind of uh, cloned her in the hope that she would be his companion, but uh, she dies like straight away, uh, and that kind of just compels him to uh, yeah to, to to kill himself. Uh, also, the other note, I guess, would be the, the Fury LMD. Um, and again, just for loonies or people listening, LMD is a life model decoy, um, which she, is featured a lot in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the TV show. Um, but yeah, Fury, the, the LMD was, was uh, it had, it had a small role, but um, was, was quite interesting in the fact that he gives Scorpio the gun. Um, and we learn that LMDs you know, have to follow, have to obey their master. So although he knew that that was a bad thing to do, he had to give the, the gun to Scorpio. Yeah. That's another character I wonder how he turned out after this. Yeah. I'm just checking whether David Craft stuck with this series, actually, whether he actually got a chance to... Yeah, to, uh, to flesh it. Continue on, or... Mm, to flesh anything out. Uh, and I guess while you're looking up that kind of one other final note with... Uh, is what you mentioned before. There's a little bonus at the end of the issue. It's the Defenders Long Island Hangout. And this is just a bit of fun. It's a isometric kind of view of, uh, I guess, their headquarters. Um, so it has also uh, kind of like an informal lineup of all the Defenders that have ever been, I guess. It includes Howard the Duck as well, which is pretty funny. Um, but it has a uh, isometric view, I guess, of uh, the gadgetry guide. So it goes through their living quarters. It even shows where the grazing pastures and riding trails are. Uh, just a bit of fun, I guess, for the readers at the end there, Connor. 
Yeah, I agree. And that's what made me like wonder whether we'd see Moon Knight pop up again because he is included there and you he see is. a full roster of this crazy massive defenders team. Yeah, that is true. I, I always love when they include these little back bits of what makes like the single issues worth collecting, even now. Even yeah, you, you don't get much of it now, do you? But this is a little fun, isn't it? I do like it. Um, I, I always like the, um, to a different degree, I guess, the, the Punisher War Journals. They actually had a lot of information on on firearms and stuff which was was interesting you know i'm not like um i'm not like a uh you know i'm not like a, a i don't know what do you call them a bullet head <laughs> not into totally into guns but it's just interesting like you know just just how detailed they get so they are a bit of fun i don't see them much these days um but i i hope they um they do reintroduce them in some capacity um yeah so actually having said all that sorry all the notes um Oh, yeah, Connor, did you manage to find out what you were looking for? Uh, yeah, yes, I did. He did um, stick with the series, um, mm-hmm. at least for issue 51, um, and at least continued on after, but that uh, storyline very much ended next issue. Um, Moon Knight is actually in the next issue. They basically just say goodbye to him. Oh, okay. And he disappears. Oh, okay, so maybe not, not big enough to um, warrant, yeah. yeah. Um, Apparently in the issue, it reveals how Moon Knight reveals to Nighthawk how he escapes Scorpio's water death trap. Oh, that yeah. would have been interesting because they never actually did explain that. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and actually, the the really interesting thing is that um, they also say uh, they also kick it to the uh, Nick Fury LMD, oh. who next appears in the Secret Avengers run by oh. Ed Brubaker that had Moon Knight in it in two thousand and ten. Ah, yes. Cool. That's okay. really interesting. That's I a really good... want to go back and check that out now. Yeah, that's a good two tie. Two together. Yeah, that's a good tie. Should, should we then look at um, issue 51, Connor? What do you reckon? Or um, We'll check it out after the pod yep. and maybe just have like a quick note about what happened in it. Maybe. Okay. Because, yeah, yeah I mean, if, it, if we are to really um, chronicle the path of, uh, of Moon Knight's appearances throughout Marvel, I guess, at least we have to, I guess, flag that he did... He was he was in issue fifty one, which is yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, cool. let's do it. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> um, but um, I guess we we should go to the Crescent Art writings, Connor. All right, um, take it away, Ray. I'll let you start off this time. <laughs> okay, well, I you know, like I said, I actually enjoyed this um, because it was a bit of fun, a bit of popcorn fun. Uh, I did like the fighting and and I liked the uh, introduction of the characters at least. Look, from a story point of view, uh, yeah, it was. Um, there wasn't much to it, basically. There was just a whole lot of fighting and, and Zodiac. Uh, sorry, Scorpio, just saying, yeah, okay, well, enough's enough. Uh, I'd give it um, pretty decent. I think I'd give it give it a three, three Crescent Arts out of out of five. I thought it was pretty pretty good. Um, you know, not outstanding, but um, just a bit of bit of fun. Uh, and it has to be, I guess, the artwork was really really good. What appealed to me, and and the uh, and just the characters. The different power sets, um, but how about you, Connor? Awesome. Yeah, I'm a I'm a bit conflicted in a in a sense. I definitely agree with you. I like I still liked um, the fun of the main defenders team and how Kraft sort of keeps this sort of comedic tone with all of them and their history. Mm-hmm. The Zodiacs were a fun little inclusion. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and the action was good. But yeah, it just feels like, you know, the fourth and final part in an arc. It was just such an anticlimactic ending. They didn't really feel any payoff for reading all of it. You know, the villain. The villain just sort of 
saw a character who we had no attachment to already passed and then, mm-hmm. you know, um, shot himself. And there's like, I do like the idea of him, you know, sort of being so lonely, but there just wasn't the, you know, the exploration back yeah. then yeah. from craft to sort of go anywhere with that. Yeah. It just very much seemed like three issues of setup, and then they crammed another three issues worth and just one issue. And it all just comes out as a bit rushed and cluttered and yeah. Just a just a, just a bit disappointing mm-hmm. with what they could have done with it, compared to how they ended up pulling this off, and almost it seems how much they filled out the the previous issues with stuff that wouldn't have been anywhere near as good. So, yeah, I think um, you know it was a bit of fun. The art definitely improved, even though it was still quite a bit cluttered. Yeah, um, as it improved, I, so I think I'd probably give it a. Two and a half. Two and, two and, and a half? half out of five. Oh, okay, just sort of bang fair. in the middle of having some good, some fun, and just some pretty disappointing and anticlimactic stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, it's, it's not a train wreck, but it's uh, it's not like, uh, as you'd say, it's not like something that you'd, um, you know, go back to, you know, consistently. You know, you've read it, you're pretty happy, and, and that's about it, eh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm pretty sure these are on MU2. They are in mm-hmm. the... First Moon Knight Epic Collection. Yes. Uh, yes, and uh, they are, uh, I think, in the Essential Collection. Oh, well, if they're in the Epic Collection, I think they're probably in the Essential Collection, but um, Essential Collections are a little harder to find. So, yeah, uh, hit it up on Marvel Unlimited or, um, or the Epic. Uh, awesome. Okay, well, um, time to head on to our modern run now which uh, I will throw to Iron Fist Connor once again uh, to give us the bare bones. Moon Knight Volume 3, Issue 3, Resurrection War, Phase 3, Half Shadow. Released March 1998. Writer, Doug Mowage. Artist, Tommy Lee Edwards and Robert Campanella. Colors, Melissa Edwards. Letters, Ken Lopez. Editor, Mark Bernardo. Moon Knight is still taken aback at having faced Black Spectre and hearing Black Spectre's words echo that of his dream. Moon Knight tries to get answers from him but is unsuccessful as the hulking Black Spectre continues to spout nonsense. Moon Knight tells him of his dream but the villain does not believe it and slowly but surely he gains the upper hand against the rattled Moon Knight. A blow to the back of a head, an uppercut and finally a king hit from his maze is enough to floor Moon Knight and leave him groggy. Unable to regain his composure and facing the same result as in its nightmare, Moon Knight is suddenly saved from the killing blow as Black Spectre reels from an arrow shot through his arm. Stained glass Scarlet and she now returns the favour in saving Moon Knight from certain death. She showers Black Spectre with arrows from her crossbow and now on the defensive the injured villain escapes through a trapdoor in the floor and onto a speedboat below. With Black Spectre gone, the adopted councilman saved, and Noel's henchmen dispatched, Moon Knight and Stained Glass Scarlet ponder over the forces which appear to have controlled Black Spectre. Moon Knight suspects Morpheus, but with all that has happened recently, he's open to the theory that it may be an even worse, darker force at play. Meanwhile in Cairo, we see none other than Bushman colluding with a shadowy figure. It appears some plans have been set in place for a sinister means. Bushman questions the dark figure as to his motives. He knows Black Spectre has been promised New York. Bushman himself is being paid by half a dozen terrorist cells, but he's yet to figure out how the shadowy figure benefits from their well-laid plans. 
The figure, who looks suspiciously like Morpheus, reproaches Bushman for thinking to bomb the UN conference building. It's revealed that all of them appear to work for Set, the god of death, and it is Set who will influence the UN conference delegates. It is Set who will fill them with hatred and chaos, which will result in global catastrophes. Back at New York, Moon Knight drops by Detective Flint's office, probing Flint for clues as to why Black Spectre is free when he should still be serving a 20 year sentence. Flint let it be known that there are bigger problems ahead. Terrorism has turned his ugly head towards New York and the UN conference in three weeks appears to be the target. Moon Knight takes leave of Flint and returns to Grant Mansion where he pleads with the Statue of Khonshu for answers. Moon Knight suspects the gods set and amazingly before his eyes the idol of set which he holds in his hands melts away. Suddenly he hears a voice. It is the dark god of chaos and he is free. At the very same time in Cairo Bushman storms the Museum of Antiquities and steals the unearthed statue of Set amidst explosions and a hail of bullets. In parallel, as Bushman leads with the statue, Mark bows before his statue of Kong Chu and pleads again for more answers. He's unsure of his state of mind. Is he dreaming? Or is he still dead and dreaming of his resurrection? Out of the shadows comes Simon Darkover to Mark's utter surprise. Darkover, who apparently died not long ago, stands before Mark and tells him of Set and his growing power. Darkover pleads to Mark to stop Set. He mustn't allow Set to become the Dreamer, says Darkover. With no warning, a huge, monstrous hand comes out of the darkness and claims Darkover, with an array of gut-wrenching sounds as it claims him. Darkover croaks. Set is death, before he appears forever. Mark then finds himself looking at himself in bed with Marlene as he wakes from a nightmare. Back from the dream realm, Mark is convinced Morpheus is at play as he finds the idol of Set now back intact, much how like the statue of Conchu previously exploded and appeared back whole upon Mark's resurrection. Marlene heads to Ravencroft Asylum where she requests to see Morpheus. The hapless ward points her to him in an empty cell. He is still under Morpheus's illusion, but not so Marlene. With Morpheus on the loose now confirmed, Marlene and Moon Knight search for answers. Black Spectre has disappeared, and Moon Knight's dreams have stopped. The lovers contemplate whether Morpheus is serving Set, or if indeed the gods such as Set or Khonshu even exist. Perhaps they are constructs of man, and it is man who gives the gods power. Finally in Cairo, Bushman and Morpheus confer over the upcoming plan to attack the Yoan Conference. Morbius has made contact with Black Spectre and has been notified that Moon Knight is back. Bushman is confident that the three of them, Bushman, Morpheus and Black Spectre, are more than a match for the lone White Knight. Morpheus cares not of Moon Knight, he's more invested in the ancient war between Dark and Light. Morpheus believes them all pawns to Set and Conchu. Black Spectre's lust for power and Bushman's grief for money have bound their souls to Set. Similarly, Moon Knight is a pawn to the god Conchu and that of Light and Order. Morpheus truly believes they are all controlled by these higher powers, and soon all the pawns will face off in a final battle, the Ancient War, which lies just ahead. Well, that was the narration for these fabulous issues, and I hope you guys enjoyed. Great. Thank you so much, Connor, from the Immortal Iron Fist podcast. Um, another uh, retelling of uh, Resur- Resurrection War Part 3. 
a half shadow, uh, a lot more foreboding in this one, Connor, than in the Defenders. Mm. It's a, a quite a darker, um, almost a horror tone to it. Um, but uh, again, once again, overall impressions. Uh, what did you make of this one, part three? I really love this issue. I thought it was a um, great blend of everything Moon Knight. It had great stuff from the street level. It had action. It had uh, Moon Knight's partners and his uh, his contacts. It had uh, touches from um, his mercenary side with the bigger, you know, the, these big attacks by Bushmen. We had more plans. We had a bigger setup for set, and it's all coming down to one bigger final issue. So. Yeah, all in all, I really did enjoy this issue. Mm, yeah, I, I'm totally on board uh, with you on this one as well. I found this um, the strongest, I think, of the three issues so far that we've read of Resurrection War. Uh, things are starting to come together. And um, and I think I was concerned, I mentioned last uh, last episode about uh, how the, the pace of this was coming along and being a four-parter. Uh, this kind of really filled in a lot of gaps and really got things moving. So... Um, very, very impressed with this. Uh, we get the reveal of the three villains, which is really good. We get a bit more of an idea um, of what they want to do now. Uh, but also, we still get that lingering kind of set presence, which is still not um, totally uh, clear as to you know if it's actually real or not, which is what I really love about this. Uh, and also, yeah, we get a bit of a philosophizing, I guess, about um, about men and gods. So, yeah, overall, very impressive issue. I agree. So would you like to open up your first aspect then? Yeah, okay. Well, um, the first aspect, which was first kind of alluded to, as Connor mentioned in the narration, as a shadowy figure, it is none other than Morpheus. So the third of Moon Knight's rogues is revealed. Um, we've previously, previously seen Black Spectre. Um, and Bushman, uh, and now Morpheus, we see he is actually the guy behind um, what seems to be behind, um, you know, these evil plans. And, uh, yeah, I think it's great to see Morpheus back. I mean, he's such a powerful and interesting character as well. Uh, and also, we see him, he's the one most invested in, in Set and believing in this dark god, right? But what I really like as in the blur, is that, you know, he just escaped Ravencroft Asylum. So he is not, you know, 100% there as well. So as a reader, you don't know, um, you know, if he really is under the influence of Set um, or if it's just him, you know, being a bit a bit cray-cray. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I, do love, uh, I do love seeing Morpheus here, Connor. Did you, um, did you pick him, like, in the first couple of pages? Or? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I was like... Yeah, I know who's coming. They definitely sort of set him up to be out and about, but it's such a different take for Morpheus too, you know. It's sort of the same way. The last time we saw him, his plans were purely set on Mark Spector. Now he's mm. uh, trying to be alongside the god that will destroy the whole world. So it's uh, it was certainly a leap before you had to pick up on that uh, it was now Morpheus mm. taking charge. And it's such a change from him as well because I think when we did see him originally... Uh, in the in the early run in the 80s um, or the 70s even I think uh, you know the extent of his um, of his crime was, was stealing a bank uh, was stealing money from a bank you know and he had the bag of cash with him uh, his plans here are a lot more grand uh, now and um, he's actually he's the one directing Bushman of all people and Black Spectre two villains 
who in their own right are, are leaders in themselves. Um, so he's kind of stepped up to the plate a bit. Um, so he, he has definitely an, an, an ominous kind of vibe to him. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm interested to see. Oh, sorry. No, no, no worries. I, I was about to throw to your to your first aspect, but um, you're you're saying interested to see. Oh, yeah. In uh, I was just about to say interesting to see how he plays in next issue with the big battle because he's really he really is the shadowy figure here. We don't get to see those awesome powers really at play. I hope um yeah. I hope this grander scale and Tommy Lee Edwards takes these uh these awesome powers to the next level and hopefully gets involved in the action next issue. Yeah, well, he's got the um, as we know, he's got the ebon energy, so he can emit uh, dark ebon energy uh, as I guess concussive forces. Um, but he also has that power of illusion as well, which um, uh, I think he's made sense that he's he's used upon Bushman and Black Spectre. He's actually the most powerful of the three of them, um, so it kind of makes sense that he's leading them. But he has influenced them, and and who knows? I think he's used his uh, powers of illusion on them to kind of. Um, I guess, to, to frighten them to submission in, in a way, which I'd imagine is a hard thing to do for someone like Bushman and Black Spectre. So, um, yeah, I, I love how he's kind of, how Munch has elevated Morpheus to to this bigger and badder character than what we first saw of him. 100%. So I suppose with that, actually, you brought up a um, point, well, yeah. a point before um, about sort of... Um, set and sort of this uh the setup and this faith and i suppose that's a big part of this issue is that um all these villains are so assured and so controlled by set that it's really mark who seems so unsure of conchu's presence and uh it's really kind of interesting this is sort of a shorter aspect to bring up on but um just when looking at um mark specs in this issue even in a dreamlike state Mm -hmm. or possibly alive he's questioning it all the time and even when conchu speaks to him He's still so unsure of Conchu's presence and the reality he's living. And it just sort of, it's such a great setup for that final issue because, you know, nowadays in like our current current runs, we really see Conchu's presence. But mm-hmm. back then, this is sort of the most we've seen of Conchu yeah. as a being. And it really sort of sets up this final final part, not only, not only as like a climax to the action, but also as a climax to Conchu's faith, whether we see that... Moon Knight really does accept Conchu, or whether that changes as well for the next um, High Strangers miniseries. So I'm really excited to see how that plays out. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, good point. It, it's um, it, it, I do love that contrast as well about how how Morpheus is uh, so set in his faith of set, in contrast to to yeah, the good guy Mark, um, not not having much faith uh, in Conchu. But we do, yeah, we do see Conchu. Um, respond to Mark, which uh, makes it a little a little bit more believable that there is a conchu there because Mark was was worried, you know, whether he did actually exist or not. Um, but also, I love that um, conversation with Marlene towards the end, where they they do have they do wonder about um, about whether Mark has created conchu, you know, um, and in, and giving conchu he empowers this idea of conchu. Um, yeah, I just found that really cool, and, and I was discussing that with uh, with Tommy, a uh, man on the streets in the uh, in the group, and and he mentions uh, rightly so that uh, it was also written in um, into American Gods by Neil Gaiman, which uh, set the tone for it. Uh, a very a very good novel, uh, and has since been turned into a comic book series and a TV series. 
So uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, I found that just just quite interesting. There's a good touch there by Munch to put that in. Mm, yeah. Sure. So what about your next aspect? Uh, well, yeah, the next big aspect I thought was uh, the the plot reveal. And that was uh, basically, so what Morpheus, Bushman and Black Spectre are heading towards is they want to target the UN conference. And and this is uh, kind of uh, confirmed by when Moon Knight meets Detective Flint. And he says that, yeah, he believes that there's a terrorist act that's going to happen at the US UN conference. Um, but uh, it's not going to be a bombing of, of, of what Bushman wanted. You know, it's not going to be terrorism. Uh, on that level, but uh, it's going to be more of a set's influence uh, and how the Dark God's going to, I guess, cause global chaos. Um, a very abstract kind of way to to um, inflict terrorism, uh, but uh, an interesting one as well. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I thought that was a, it was a pretty good reveal. Uh, a, a little tropey, you, you know, the UN conference, you know, all the great leaders and, uh, you know, as a big target, but I guess it's an obvious one, kind of. Yeah, this was um sort of what I was talking about about incorporating every part. You're right. I would agree it's a you know a bit tropey, just sort of what's the most obvious sort of you know way to get this this um aspect of sets war across. Yeah. Although I, it, and it does fit, but it does fit. I, I just sort of love. Yeah, it's really sort of bringing Bushman back to his mercenary roots, and therefore Mark as well. Hopefully, in the next issue, we sort of see. Moach pull part from everywhere, so we start at the start with um, um, Black Spectre and that sort of fight there, and with the whole sort of street level corruption, and then with Conchu with the mystical element, mm. and Bushman with the um, the um, you know the mercenary element. It was just it was just so cool, and so terrifying to see Bushman play off, play off as well. You know, you you do see him. Pull out, pull off this massive yes. attack on the um, museum. Yeah, was yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, the uh, museum Cairo. of antiquities. Yeah, that that was a great really touch. Sort of... So, yeah, no, that was a great touch. Yeah, Bushman to to see him. That that's what he does best, isn't it? Yeah, and it it really made you sort of fear Bushman again. And and in your other point, it was also great as well because therefore you still see that that's all the strings pulled by Morpheus and then said it really sets up this massive conflict in the final issue, which is just what I sort of keep pulling out what's so great about this issue, but yeah. just seeing that awesome power once again of a, a man who's really just a a strong guy with sharp teeth. Yeah, yeah. No, it's great to see Bushman. Um, and, and a very different Bushman to what we currently see as Bushman in the Bemis run that we discussed in the last episode. Um, but, yeah, this is more of the Bushman. I think that I'm, I'm more... Uh, more used to as well. I mean, you know, nothing wrong with change, but um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a scary character and uh, Morpheus is made even more scary by the fact that he can actually rein Bushman in um, and he and he, it's him calling the shots. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's um, seeing Bushman in action as he as he, uh, he raids the Museum of Antiquities to get the statue of Set. Um, that was pretty cool. It's just full-on violence. Um, they're just shooting and bombing everything just to get the, the statue, which they do. Uh, yeah, but it's... Um, yeah, no, it was, uh, it, was, it was pretty good. Um, how about your other aspect there, kind of your final one for this issue? Yeah, well, we've, we've um, focused on the big badge of this issue but the real sort of standout for me in this issue was seeing Moon Knight pair up again 
Um, I think one of one of my favourites was at the start of this issue. We got um, we got Mark working with um, stained glass Scarlet. You know, stained yeah. glass Scarlet saves him, and then they sort of discuss the f- um, the future of this scenario and their great dialogue and um, the great action that comes out of her quick save of Mark and the ensuing battle from there was just so much fun. And then we get to see Flint again. Yes. And, you know, he's still this hardened, you know, grade detective dealing with a massive threat and still a, you know, still very valuable to Moon Knight when it comes to stopping his most dangerous of villains. Yeah, he's a good contact for Moon Knight, isn't he? He's really the, um, uh, the connected tissue, I guess, between Moon Knight and the just the the, the normal people, <laughs> you know, in New York, you know, the people with the day to day business, the police, the um, people on the streets. Yeah, Flint is uh, really cool. He's uh, very similar still. Moon um, still writes. He, you know, he's smoking constantly. He's got a coffee cup there as well. He, he likes all his vices. Um, but I love stained glass Scarlet as well, and I love how um, Edwards draws her. He just draped in red, and she's just you know red hair. Uh, she just looks. Yeah, she looks um, very mysterious, but I do like it when she teams up with Moon Knight as well. She's she's a good she's one of those ones. She's kind of like Typhoid Mary, the Daredevil. Um, you know, there's a love hate relationship there. Um, but yeah, but it's good to see that she beat um, that she saved Moon Knight because he was about to get his he's about to get a major beating from Black Spectre there at the, at the first few pages. Yeah, he was absolutely was an absolute goner until then. Yeah, it was just um. It's a huge mace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is a huge mace. That, that is one strong guy to keep swinging around that mace. That's it. If you get clocked by one of them, like you're, you're a goner. But uh, full credit, he, he didn't die then. He was on his last legs there, just as stained glass skullet came in. Uh, a little convenient there with the uh, trapdoor and the speedboat, I thought, um, to <laughs> escape. But, uh, hey, they were in a warehouse um, by the water, so, so why not? Um, but, yeah. Yeah, and it was just sort of this aspect it was just sort of Munch's own creations just brought back to their full potential and seeing them interact with Moon Knight and it really made it was so well done it really made me miss having those interactions in the current runs and I hope we get to see that later with all the crazy stuff Bemis is doing and the spins he'll put on that but yeah I just love I think for a solitary character when the right writer picks the right partners for Moon Knight temporary partners for Moon Knight it really really works out yeah yeah and that's some great um dichotomy yeah i'd love to see all of them um in in the current run we've seen bushman already but i'd really like to see flint in there somewhere i'd like to see um moon knight just touch base with him he's such a cool character so kind of grizzled um and kind of uh a little jaded at the whole thing but uh still willing to help moon knight um you know albeit moon knight being a vigilante so uh yeah this story is ticking along really well uh also just to mention again on set and and just not really knowing yet, you know, whether it is real or not. We do get a few glimpses with the uh, appearance of Simon Darkover, which is like an apparition for Mark, and, and that big hand which kind of claims him. So, again, we're led to believe that set really is um, really is real, you know, um, and, and Morpheus, you know, confirming that he is uh, working for set. Um, but there's just that finally still, you still kind of don't know, which I think is a great thing because, um, cause like, Bushman... And Black Spectre, I don't think, believe in set. Um, they're, they're doing it for pure reasons. Uh, Black Spectre was promised New York City. 
uh, and it, it was mentioned Bushman was just basically getting paid from the terrorist cells. So he's getting his money. So they're getting all their vices. Um, and they don't really buy into this whole mystical thing. But Morpheus does. Um, but at the same time, as I said, Morpheus is, is, uh, is a crazy person as well. So, you know, is it all in his mind? Um, yeah, so I just, I just do like how, how that's kind of playing out. Um, and I guess we'll, we'll see it in the, the next issue, Connor. Yeah, the big, the big finale. Yeah. So um, any notes for, for this one? Uh, I'll just round out my sort of only note for this, and that is, um, of course, the art and colouring. Mm, the art is so yes. detailed, but they're especially... The art is so detailed, especially in the fighting. All these different costumes now, we're seeing so many players come to the game. Mm-hmm. It's just fantastic. And his um, level of architecture as well was pretty great, which yeah. brings me to the colouring as well. Oh. There's some amazing shots, especially any sort of larger scale shot that shows the outside, whether it's the city mm-hmm. or the the museum being attacked, the colours that are brought to life with the lighting, the shadows, the fire, yeah. you know, the different colours of people and cars and just the atmosphere that gives off, especially with that focus of colour and shadow. It's just, it's just an absolute delight. You know, I've said it before, even if this run, you know, wasn't well written, it's 100% worth picking up just for this art. Mm. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think I've mentioned it before as well. I'm not sure uh, that the colour really... It's up there on that level of standing out, the same as um, the way Christian Ward's colours for like the current Black Bolt is really, really, you know, um, you really t- do take notice of it. I just love this art by um, by Tommy Lee Edwards and Melissa Edwards's colours. So um, I'd gladly just, um, yeah, just, just pick up anything of theirs. Uh, uh, the colours are great. I love just really rich colours, like pure purples and, and uh, fluorescent greens. It really has its own kind of style. Um, yeah, and yeah, like you said, um, uh, the fight scenes are good, but also the use of black and sh- uh, shadowing, I think, is really good from them. So uh, yeah, yeah, very uh, very nice to look at indeed. So, I guess we go to our Crescent Art ratings for this Connor. This is a, a pretty strong issue, right? So, um, what would you what would you be looking at here? I. Yep, I thought this issue was fantastic. It set up the massive conflict in the final one with Morpheus, with the fate of Faith and Conchu and Set and all these characters. I love the art and the colours. I love I loved the partnerships here. You know, I really can't bring 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 up enough how much I love the interactions between Moon uh, Moon Knight, Stained Glass Scarlet, mm-hmm. and Detective Flint and how that became like the most prominent dialogue to me. And it's just setting up for a great finale, which I hope doesn't succumb to the four-issue miniseries trouble and we get something a bit rushed. But in this issue viewed on its own, it's a definite four out of five for me. I thought it was great. Wow. Yep. And so, <laughs> yeah. And uh, similar to you, I'm on board. I'd give it a four as well. I think it's um, uh, four for me is a, a pretty high, high standard there. Uh, and, and it meant that I pretty much enjoyed uh i enjoyed it you know from from page one to page 30 i thought it was pretty good um and uh it kind of says as well that uh at no point was i kind of oh how many more pages have i got to go like it this just kind of really just flowed for me i was enthralled from the beginning to end um and the art again yeah just just seals the deal there uh um i'm just wondering why i wouldn't give it a five I, i mean I think we've, we've oh yeah, kind of we've given like massive marks before, haven't we? 
like yeah. with, with Lemire. Uh, yeah, no, look, I'd still keep it a four. It's still really good. Um, uh, Monch is, is great uh, with it as well. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just putting it up against Lemire and uh, some of Lemire's greatest issues are still, still kind of take the cake. So, yeah, happy with four, I think. Awesome. Yeah. So there you go, loonies. Um, those were our two reviews for this episode. Uh, this one is a bit harder to find, Connor. So I don't believe it's on Marvel Unlimited. I put in a request to Marvel for that. I haven't um, haven't seen it pop up yet. Um, so hopefully that's on Marvel Unlimited soon, but it's not on there. Otherwise, you, you're going to have to pick up, uh, I think, it in... Um, uh, just a hard, just a, a singles copy, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, pretty hard there. I have no idea even. The... Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't think it was even released in trade. So, um, yeah, so might have to hunt around for this link, but it's definitely worth checking out if you can grab a copy for for yourself. Hundred percent for sure. So, I suppose mm-hmm. with that we are. Uh... We wrap off this issue, ready to come back next phase yes. with uh, kicking. Well, I suppose finishing off with uh, Defenders issue fifty-one, and then possibly mm-hmm. following that up with Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man mm-hmm. issue twenty-two, his next canonical appearance. Yeah, and then of course the big finale with to uh to what we've been building here from uh, this issue, Moon Knight Volume Three, issue four, Resurrection War Phase Four, Full Moon. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, Connor, I think, um, yeah, we'll, we'll should definitely cover issue 51, um, but we'll see. It might be like a like a briefer review of that, I guess, because if, if it's only, I don't know, we'll have to, we'll have to have a look at the, the issue and see if it's only a couple of pages this, that Moon Knight's in um, before he kind of takes off. We'll see how we go. But uh, yeah, yeah, those three we'll be looking at. Uh, also- and I, for one... Can't wait. And then, of course, um, we'll look at the week after that, maybe, or the week after, looking at that um, episode review, because mm. I cannot wait to dive into that. Oh, yeah. And I suppose, um, yeah, we'll keep you all updated with uh, when it drops over the course of this week. Yeah, for sure. Looney's just um, keep in touch with us uh, on our social media, and uh, we'll let you know when those ones will um, will come out for review. I'm excited for that as well. It should be pretty cool. Uh, I'd just like to also make for our spectacle, our shout-outs. Uh, again, a big thank you to Connor McKenna from the Immortal Iron Fist podcast, Sons of the Dragon. Uh, you can find the podcast on many a podcast catcher, um, but they also have a website as well, uh, which is Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist podcast. That's a mouthful. Dot wordpress.com <laughs> so uh yep just uh once again sons of the dragon the immortal iron fist podcast dot wordpress.com uh they've they're also on facebook a facebook page uh facebook.com slash iron fist podcast and they're also on twitter which is uh easily enough at iron fist podcast uh yeah so please do uh check out their their podcast it's really cool iron fist is one of my favorite characters as well uh, and uh, they do a great job, Connor. Yeah, I agree. And once again, you can find our um, our third um, high priest yes. over there um, from time to time as well. So yeah. definite, definite one to follow along with. And uh, I guess you'll just... And I suppose as well, uh, something coming very soon will uh, yes. have these guys coming back. Yes. So uh, keep your... Keep your 
noses and eyes out for that when it drops. Yeah, very exciting stuff. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll let that. Uh, we'll release that soon enough. But yeah, exciting times ahead, kind of. Hundred percent, and I suppose where Ray mm-hmm. can they find us? Sure, they can find us on uh, on email at moonnightpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, we're also on WordPress. Our website and our blogs for all these episodes is um, in into the night podcast dot wordpress dot com. Uh, we're also on Facebook with a page facebook dot com slash itk moonlight, and our Facebook group, which uh, is quite active. Uh, and we also have a, a chat room within that group. So that's at facebook.com slash groups slash into the night, into the night with a K. Uh, we're on Twitter as well at ITK Moon Knight. Um, you can catch, you know, um, a lot of our a lot of our um, blogs there as well, uh, as well as Instagram, Tumblr, and YouTube. So just search for Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Uh, we're also on all your good podcast catches. So Please listen in and please spread the word. Um, yeah, that's it for our episode today, Connor. Um, pretty a pretty full one, um, but yeah, going well for 2018 so far. Yep, we're all in, baby. I hope you will uh, join us again next week. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, maybe drop a review and check out the group. I join all the other loonies in discussion and uh, catch us back sometime next week for more wonderful moonlight discussion and ray what do we always say as we always say may conchu watch over the denizens of the night see you later goodbye moonlight and affiliated characters stories and events are properties of marvel characters incorporated materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current copyright act The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.